Hello and welcome to United by Calcio, the podcast that takes you on a thrilling journey through the heart of Italian football. My name is Christian, and I am joined as always by Robbie. Yes, sir. Welcome, Robbie. And well, this week we're uh, you know going to do a little recapping, right? Recapping week. Uh, wow, crazy to think it's already week seventeen, right? We're recapping here. That is wild. Cannot believe uh, the season's already at almost a halfway point. With that, we'll be recapping a bit of that action, trying to figure out uh, what the table looks like at this point, what the implications are of Bologna's uh, pretty surprising loss to Udinese, right? Um, additionally, we'll also figure out why Inter decided to, you know, field their worst during their game against Genoa. I mean, come on, Robbie. That was, that was kind of embarrassing, bro. Like, really? Really? 1-1? One, one. Not ideal. Come on. But you predicted it right. Exactly on the spot. 1-1. One, one. That's because I'm the best. That's because I'm the best. We know this. Jokes aside, um, let's get right off to it. So with that, the Udinese-Genoa matchup, the, I think, surprise matchup for, for me anyways, uh, in terms of how it ended up, but the result was just, I didn't expect that. I could have seen a draw happening. I could have seen maybe a 2-1. But a 3-0 with Inesa result, the decisive win against the key starting players for Bologna. What does this say? Yeah, I mean, that was one matchup that I felt very sure was going to end with a Bologna win. Um, at worst, a tie, like a draw. I mean, right. Bologna lost twice going into that game. Udinese yeah. had only won once going into that game. So even if Udinese is home, it just, what a result for them coming out of absolutely nowhere. And even when you look at the stats, it's really just like, it wasn't like Bologna were outplayed, just Udinese took their chances and Bologna absolutely did not. Like they did. It was a fairly even game. Bologna outpossessed them by a ton, mainly Mm -hmm. because they were chasing the game since the 23rd minute. But (laughs) you expect better out of a Mata side. Um, but yeah, it just, Xerxes had an off day and it felt like Ferguson had an off day. Everyone else had an off day and that's what happens when apparently, you know, they let the hype get to him. Perhaps it, right? Maybe, maybe we've just been blowing, uh, blowing up the, uh, the, the egos too, too much, right? Maybe, maybe that's the issue because obviously I was talking them up last week. We've been talking them up for what the past, you know, few weeks or so. So maybe it was too much. Maybe it was just way too much. Uh so it just kind of makes you wonder though. You look at that lineup, right? You just think have they reached sort of the natural peak, right? Is this sort of it? Is this how much they can handle continuous uh effort in, in terms of a rather continuous effort? Um or is this just like a blip? they'll be fine, they'll recover, and while they might not end up in the top four, they might still end up on the top uh, half of the table. What do you make of that? I still think they'll compete for a Europa League spot and even a Champions League spot. Like They are a very well-coached team. Mm -hmm. You don't win every game, and sometimes you do lose games. And this isn't a make-or-break game for them. Yes, it's, of course, unfortunate. Long-term... Use it as a learning opportunity. This team is extremely young. It is very hard to go on the road 
and win games. And they've been doing it consistently. And so, yeah, of course, they fell up. They fell short this time. Um, mm-hmm. But learn from it. See the mistakes and what you can do better. And I'm sure, like, I still believe in Mata as a very, very good coach. So I yeah. think he's going to make this be a teachable moment and it'll be huge for Bologna. Oh, that's, a, that's a great point. Uh, I also agree. I, I don't think this necessarily says uh, anything about this team's ability to perform. I think that given their performances and who the manager is and how they've per- performed in general, they're not that exciting team, right? We've never thought that they were the, the, not the Atalanta of this year, right, the season. They're not that team. They're not playing beautiful football out there, knocking in four or five goals a game and, and you know, providing thrilling action. No one's expecting that. He's doing enough to coach them with what he has, right? He's getting this team to play well enough and make as few mistakes as possible to be able to at least contend during a game. Not necessarily have to win it, right? Because, I mean, they've drawn quite a, quite a bit here. Um, they've drawn seven games. That's That's a lot of draws. So that that means you you that means oh you you as a coach uh, and Mota is a good one at that. He has to make sure that they are disciplined enough to make sure they're not giving up those dumb goals, right? Those uh, making poor mistakes that end up costing them big time. It seems like in this game there was a bit of that because this is an Udinese side that is not exactly flourishing in Serie A, right? I mean they're at least not in the bottom third now, but they're fifteenth, seventeen points. They're not far from the bottom here. Uh, from the last last place to Udinese is only five points. That's not a big difference there. So they're not exactly safe. You know what I mean? Uh, ultimately, this just feels like a blip to me as well. I don't think there's going to be much of a consequence. It was surprising, uh, especially in, in the manner in which Udinese won this game. They clearly outplayed them. Uh, Lorenzo Luca scored. Uh, again, he's quietly putting together a good season, right? Five goals and one assist. Not bad. No, I mean, for a relegation side, that's like pretty good. I mean, for me, I had them in the bottom three going into this year. Yeah. But they're doing what you want out of a team that's going to stay up. They're not right. losing games. When you right. look at the other five below them, they all have double-digit yeah. losses already. They do. Udinese, their issue is just not getting the wins. <laughs> they have five Absolutely. losses, but yeah. 11 draws. And that, right. at some point, those single points are going to start adding up. And every time you get a win, it just catapults them that much farther up the table to get them away from that bottom three. Um, the thing that surprised me most about the Bologna result was mainly the three goals. Is right. Yes, Bologna don't play this Atalanta like hero style that we saw all a couple years ago, mm-hmm. where they were like in all vibes, like they're going to score at will with Papu mm-hmm. and all that. Um, right. But they've only had twenty one goals in eighteen exactly. games, yeah. And then including the three that they gave up, they've conceded fifteen times in eighteen games. So like, they're not exactly yeah. playing world renowned football. But no, th- like you said, they're just limiting mistakes. And it all came to fruition in this game where just the dam had broken. And you just got to hope that that doesn't carry on to the next one. 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, if you look at their home record, it is much, much better. They are ranked second in the league at home compared to their away record, which is one, six, and two. So six of their draws are from away games. That tells you that it's likely a lot to do with just containing, right? Containing mistakes, limiting mistakes, and just sort of getting in front of the ball, right? Staying in front of the ball. Don't let don't let any silly mistakes happen and don't let the opposition get any edge on you, right? And I mean, it's smart, right? I mean, this is Bologna, right? This is not a team that has the resources of an Inter, Juve, or Milan. They have to work with what they have. And they've got a lot of young, uh, inexperienced players. Yes, they've got a couple of veteran pieces, but generally speaking, it is a younger team. So you sort of have to work with what you have there. And I think they're doing they're doing the most they can. As far as Udinese uh, is concerned, great point you made there. They are playing to to sort of the, the the task, which is to stay at least in Serie A, right? They don't want to be relegated. That's a huge, uh, huge blow. But uh, hopefully Luca, Lorenzo Luca, by the way, with six goals. I was wrong earlier. Uh, he has six goals and one, one assist this season. Not a bad outcome. He's playing well. He's playing better anyways. Uh, he transferred into Udinese. Um, after I think it was at Ajax, right? He was supposed to, he was sort of, a lot of was expected of him. He's this big six foot seven, what, six foot eight striker. Highly unusual. You don't really see six foot eight strikers very much. So um, a lot was expected of him. Um, it's nice to see, you know, um, him doing well there. But Perea is also uh, doing really well as well. He scored in this game. This team, I, I, it seems to me as, as though they have all of the pieces to be able to at least put up a decent campaign. What do you think kept them from that early on in the season? Inconsistency in scoring. Like, yes, Luca's having a fine year. He's their top scorer at six goals. Yeah. There's only one other person with double digit. I mean, sorry, double goal. Like he has three, Pereira has three goals. That's right. The next is one for like players. Mm-hmm. And there's of course a decent amount of players that have one, but like it's really just Luca or nothing. And Pereira mm-hmm. is a very good player and he's getting up there in age 32. So like you can't always be relying on him every time. And no. Samarjic was, is a good player was rumored to go to enter deal backed off. And he hasn't really been that great. He's been good. Right. And now he's rumored again to go maybe to Napoli. So you mm-hmm. gotta like wonder like he's a key player for them this year to stay up. But yeah. is his head in it to have that emotional battle that they're gonna have to stay up in Serie A? It's gonna be interesting to see for sure. I mean, this uh this team I don't think anyone really expects to go down, and you mentioned that earlier as well. Uh hopefully that does not happen. We shall see, though. I mean, the season's quite long, so we got we got plenty of time left to see uh, how things shake out. Uh, now, with that, you know, talking about disappointing uh, result, right? Napoli Monza, surprising, disappointing. I'm not sure either one of those words really does uh, it justice because I, I think it was sort of expected. I, I'm not sure, you know, what you saw when you're watching this game, but what I saw is Cavaratelli again getting bullied. Right? He was physically getting bullied by this Monza side, who, by the way, committed 21 foul, a fouls in this game. You got to love that <laughs> anytime you see that. And I mean, mind you, that's, I wonder, this is just pure conjecture. 
but I wonder if they sort of watched the gameplay from the Roma game and just thought, you know, this seems to get them right frustrated. And what what happened was Guadalajara actually got into another, uh, you know, bit of a scuffle there on the sidelines with uh, a Monza player after he was, you know, uh, bullied a little bit. Is what we're seeing right now just indicative of where this Napoli team is mentally, like every player on this team? I mean, Kavara has to grow, like as a player in general, like this, he needs to have a thicker skin. Like you, he is a dribbler who's basically, when you nutmeg a player, you're embarrassing them. Like that's what he does. So these players who are opposing him are going to be like, no, I don't want you to do that. So I'm going to stick you if you get by me. Yeah, And it's just frustrating him, and now he's just boiling over because the results and the stats aren't coming because he's right. just not exactly. doing what he did last year. And you're just seeing him every time he gets in a scuffle. He's just like, he looks like he's, like, I don't want to be mean, but it, he's just whining all the time. And it's it's so frustrating because, like, you want him to be what he was last year. You want him you to do. be that guy and everyone in the world to go watch this guy. But right now mm-hmm. you do not want people to come and watch Napoli because it's a bad no. product. It's a bad like viewership. And worst of all, Merritt is now out for a month and a half. Yeah. Yeah. That is not good. I mean, this team all around is suffering. Uh, obviously, it, you know, it's sort of interesting to see Raspadori uh, has been much less effective and I think that that likely has something to do with the uh, ability of the forwards to gel together, right? This is definitely having some impacts throughout this team. Clearly something is going on. And it makes you wonder, we talked about this last week, what impact uh, Spalletti, Luciano Spalletti had on this team, right? Was he somehow able to maintain like putting out all the fires that were coming up every second? Or is this team just this much of a mess because he left? And, you know, they're sort of revolting. Which one do you think it is? I mean, is it, were they always a mess and we just never saw it or what? I mean, it's a tough question. There's so many possibilities that it could be. It's, and like, it's just, it could be Spalletti was great. It could be these people are just a bunch of head cases. Um, It could be that they saw the Scudetto and they were like, oh, well, that was easy because they ran away with it. It wasn't like they were contested to the end. So they yeah. might have been like, oh, well, we're bringing back the whole team except for Kim and Jay. Why right. wouldn't we run it back again? We are the best. And yeah. Yeah. so far this season, it's been a reality check for them. And I mean, yeah, granted, this game, they were without Politano and Osimhen, which are big losses for them. Yes. And, you know, Italy's best goalkeeper, Di Gregorio, uh, <laughs> needs to be said for the people louder in the back. Di Gregorio is Italy's number one. Uh, you can say Vicario, but Di Gregorio, we're a Serie A podcast, is number one. Um, is a is just unbelievable. He makes saves out of nothing all the time. He does, and it's he does. I cannot wait to see him in the black and blue. <laughs> you're so confident <laughs> about that. You're so confident in that. First of all, you've got Emil Audero, okay? Like let, let's chill. Put the brakes on that. You got you got a backup already. Uh and you got Jan Summer, who isn't isn't he the best goalkeeper in Serie A statistically speaking at this point, right? So, you know, yeah, you're doing fine. You're doing fine. 
I think statistically he's got the most clean sheets, I believe, right? Yeah, but is that a goalkeeper um, or is that a team stat? That's a I fair point. Both. Well, personally, I don't think you can have one without the other, right? Because the yeah. thing is, we, we've seen when you've got bad goalkeepers, how quickly that, that can, no matter how good your defense is, how quickly it can turn on you. Uh, just, just for reference, Chesney. When Chesney, when good Chesney shows up, we're good. When bad Chesney shows up, shows up, though, I mean, it is good luck because he just decides, I'm just going to throw my training, like 20 years of training out the window, and I'm just going to do whatever I want to do. Like, for example, try to play like he's Neuer. Loving that. I, I love <laughs> the reinvention for him. I, I love it. But sorry, uh, I digress. I clearly don't hold any ill will towards uh, Chesney at all. Uh, but Di Gregorio, amazing. I mean, he is a star of the show, which tells you something when a goalkeeper is a star of this, of any show for that matter. Um, granted, no one ever, ever confused Monza for like, again, Atalanta. I keep saying this, but no one's ever going to confuse Monza for that. And no one ever should, but this team does do enough to keep fighting, right? They're not exactly backsliding here. They are in 11th. They're doing fine. They're not doing great. They're doing fine for what they are. Let's not forget the fact that they just also earned promotion a season ago. That is impressive. The fact that they were able to go from promotion into this into this league for the first time in their history and then maintain mid-table position. That's impressive. Yeah. But with I mean, that... They've had three buys. Um, right, exactly. Veteran presences. They've gotten some young presence. They've gotten good loan deals, and then of course you've got the goalkeeper, who is the I mean, guy. He is. He is I mean, really that guy. Just like this game, he had nine saves, which is just an outrageous ask of a goalkeeper. Yeah. And the it expected is. goals on target were one point seven. Zero. Fifty nine touches in this game. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. He's so good. And it's every week. It's not just like a, this is a one-off thing. Every week I'm watching this guy and I'm just like, this is, mm -hmm. some of these saves are just like, how do you react that quickly to a shot that hard and definitely going into a corner? Just, and he does it no, right. week in, week out. One thing I don't understand though, um, and, you know, correct me if I'm wrong here, but like, it, it feels like no matter how good the goalkeeper is in terms of just being a ball stopper, right? At least in Italy, the footwork seems to go out the window because you look at the long balls, his accuracy in terms of the long balls is 48% in this game. Uh, his accuracy improves a little more when it comes to, you know, shorter passes, 67%. What, I mean, that that's likely going to hold him back and hold his value down, right? Because in this day and age, you need to have a goalkeeper who at least is okay with their feet um, and that's becoming more and more of a relevant uh, skill. Do you think that's going to hamper his growth? I mean, do you think that's going to be a problematic for him? No, I mean, I think that's fine. I mean, I don't know what the regular accurate long ball percentage is in mm. general, but 23 long balls feels like an outrageous amount of passes that he tried. Like, I just looked quickly and Summer tried two long passes. <laughs> so it just yeah. feels like that's more yeah. of a let's try and stretch the field and like right. get it out mm -hmm. rather than focus on like, oh, we're 
controlling possession where just I'm chipping this long and like trying to keep the ball. It's more of he's just trying more high risk, high reward passes. It's a good point. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. I mean, especially uh, you wouldn't want to be caught dead passing to Gagliardini anyways, right? So Exactly. Uh, he was playing center back. <laughs> I know. You gotta love I mean, that. that's probably a better role, but like, uh, Jesus. Can he just be the water boy for the goalkeeper? Is that, is that a be. role? Um, <laughs> totally just joking. No yep. ill will to- yeah. to- towards Gagliardini. All the ill will. Except for Robbie. I think Robbie definitely has some ill will. <laughs> but uh, with that said, just looking forward to this Monza team, I think this is sort of what we expected from them, right? Uh, mid-table, I don't, I, I never really saw much more than this. I wouldn't be surprised if this is where the end of the season, maybe a spot higher, a 10. Oh, well, do you see anything else? Yeah, I think that's fair. This is always where they were going to be. That 9 to 13 range is where I would have uh, seen them. So I think they're, I mean, they're right in the middle. They're 11. So yeah, that's, they're going to get some points against the big dogs. Gregorio is going to save some points. Yeah. And they have some youngsters that if they keep getting better as they go, they're going to steal more points at, along the way. Yeah, absolutely. And then as far as Gregorio is concerned, what do we see for, for him? And in, in not, not the winter necessarily. I don't see him leaving in the winter transfer uh, market, but next year in the summer do do we see him next year wow it's already 2024 i'm already making that mistake this year in the summer this summer are we expecting him to leave do you think that's a that's a reality that mons is gonna have to face yes i don't like i i mean (laughs) i just mons are gonna sell him because they his price tag is gonna be very high and it's kind of similar to what like happened with vicario right i can't I, I would imagine a Premier League team or Inter mm-hmm. or Juve or Milan, maybe not uh, maybe not Milan, but Inter or Juve both have older keepers. Yeah. 100%. And especially, like, this is an Italian goalkeeper. That That's great. Yeah. In the Serie A, like, yeah, keep him here. So yeah. I wouldn't be stunned if he went to one of those two. And yeah, it was like, very surprising with Vicario leaving, which yeah. you mentioned earlier. You never see that. Well, I mean, I guess... No. Donnarumma happened, but really, I feel like most Italian goalkeepers are in Serie A for exactly understandable reasons. But <laughs> yeah, I mean that, that's fair. I mean, that, there's also a pretty, I'd say, a pretty good market for Italian goalkeepers uh, in general. There's always been a good mm-hmm. market. I think uh, Buffon was, and I think if I'm if I'm wrong, he still is the record goalkeeper probably um, sale. Right? If, if I'm not. If I'm not mistaken on that front. How much was it? Was it 40 million? No, I think. Oh, no. Onana went no. for more than that. Oh, no, no. Um, never mind. My bad. Yeah. But, um, so up until Onana. Kepa? Kep- wait. Oh, wait. Or I Allison. Uh, not sure. Allison from Roma. Was but uh, I think it was adjusted for inflation. So I think that that's sort of a, you have to adjust for inflation and everything else. But Onana, I forgot about. Uh, Kepa, I forgot about because, you know, he's become kind of, uh, where's Kepa at this point? I don't know. Okay. Well, he starts from Real Madrid. Well, he's hurt, but he's a yeah starter for Real Madrid. So he's you know, there. One of the best clubs in the world. <laughs> he's doing just fine for himself. But I that mean, sale was bad. He is not one of the best goalkeepers in the world. No, he I will say that. Not. So like that's like yeah. But eighty million was it? Yeah. Eighty million? Yes, Euros I think it was, was like seventy-five or eighty. But Allison um, also went for that in what twenty seventeen. 
from Roma yeah. to Liverpool. That's a fair which point. Which was oh, such a good was, buy. He is so. I good. mean, that was a great buy. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, Allison is every time Allison's definitely worth it. Every time you played Roma, you just hit this guy. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and then so, they let him go. Yeah, and then I mean they, they got go. paid, so that's they did. But again, what did they do with that? We're talking about Serie A clubs, not the best financial situations. Oh, no. So it makes sense. Unfortunately, unfortunately. Um, it, it definitely is unfortunate, though, in the sense that they uh, let him go. But anyways, Di Gregorio, sorry, do we expect to see him in uh, in the league next year? Would you be shocked if he still was there? I would expect he's 26, him to be in the league. You. I would expect him to be in the league. Okay. But I think he's going to go to enter Juve. Okay. Wow. That's a big, uh, that's a big one because uh, uh, rumors, I think, have had Juve attached to uh, Donnarumma for obvious reasons uh, still because uh, things aren't exact. People are blowing up this holding up proportion as well, mind you. Uh, Donnarumma has not been horrible for VSG in any way, sh- shape, or form. His footwork is not the thing he's ever been known for. Ever. No one, I never thought about Donnarumma and thought, huh, that's the next Neuer. Like, no, that's not, I have never never thought that. So people are getting like pissed about things that makes no, make no sense. But when you aren't that guy with your feet, yeah. you got to be that guy with your shot stopping. And it feels and like that guy. Yeah. he has been quite disappointing. A little bit. A little bit. I'm not saying he's not been a little disappointed. I'm just saying he's not been as bad as people make it out to be. A lot of moments in big moments, because people only watch PSG when they're in the Champions League. And that's oh, all yeah. anyone cares about, to be fair, yeah. because Absolutely. they win that league every year. Um mm-hmm. So, yeah, they're going to judge him on those Champions League performances, of they which are. have lacked. They were really bad. Absolutely. But, I, I yeah. totally agree. Um, I mean, he's really bad compared to what we expect from him, right? He is a top tier goalkeeper. He should be performing a hell of a lot better than that. Uh, like you said, he should be an absolute shot stopper if he's going to be just that, right? Um, obviously, footwork is not something you just work on one one day and, and be amazing at next year right it takes a long time right people work on their footwork for their entire lives since they're kids right there's a reason for that so if that wasn't a focus um in a, in a keeper's plans that's not going to uh exactly change overnight with that said though uh i i do agree with you as far as do go to staying in Serie A. I don't see him leaving Serie A. uh then again i wouldn't have thought vicario would have left Serie A. so there's that um as far as Juve is concerned, that's an interesting one because I'm not sure he fits a Juve profile. And I could be I could be totally wrong on this. Uh, I feel like he fits more of Inter's profile. Uh, as far as sort of what what they what they need, right? He's he's decent with his feet. So it's not not bad. They build out from the back. You'd want that. He's sort of that for Monza. That's what he does, right? I agree. I want Di Gregorio. <laughs> I want Juve doesn't play like this. So I don't know. Maybe Kaneseki is more of our, our style, you know. Um, he's sort of struggling a little bit at Atalanta right now, but, you know, he's only, what, 23. So, anyways. Uh, on the other side of things, Medet is out for a long while here. He's having surgery, I believe, right? Yeah. Um, half is what was reported right. today. So, uh, there's that issue. So, they're, okay. they're not exactly going to be very thrilled with the replacement coming in. Additionally... 
Rahmani has not been himself at all. So it kind of shows you that that he was relying a lot. He was being covered a lot by Kim and Jay, right? Kim and Jay's presence was really uh, making him look a lot better than he is. How do you really put this, you know, plug this gap, right? Because Jesus is, he's not, he's not good. He he's not good, good for years. Was he ever good? I don't know. That's fair. <laughs> Probably not. Um, what do they yeah, do? I mean, <sighs> you ask a lot of questions. Um, you're welcome. You're welcome. No, I just meant like (laughs) they just don't have the guys to be that team anymore. No, like you can't, you sold the $50 million defender who was awesome, easily the best defender in Serie A and didn't replace him. And Mario Rui isn't the best outside back. So when they're paired together, it's just, there's such a like, liability on that side and add in the fact that they're playing a new system they're Mm -hmm. like the mental health of the team isn't great it's it's all coming to fruition just all going down well uh we will be watching the napoli show as the season progresses obviously so we'll be here as you know the rest of the season unfolds uh this coming week um napoli is facing uh i'm going to just totally uh say it's napoli Uh, torino sorry torino napoli's not (laughs) facing napoli man not enough coffee today uh torino um man that's a that's an intriguing matchup we'll talk more about a little later in the preview uh episode but uh we'll be following this closely uh moving on to yet another disappointing game disappointing i say just for inter because, you know, this did bridge the gap. Uh, the Genoa Inter game allowed Juve to gain a little more ground. Juve wins their matchup against Roma. We'll talk about that a little later as well. Inter draw. Genoa played a good game. I mean, they were pressing Inter the entire game, which was impressive, by the way. And Dragushin had his goal, 52nd uh, minute there in the first half. Um, you got to give it to them. I mean, they they really played very very well. They did not let Inter really control the flow of this game. Yeah, I mean, Genoa dominated this game from minute one. It felt like they were in Inter's Inter's heads. They couldn't. We couldn't create anything as an Inter, and it was clear that the Lataro Torum. Uh, connection was missing, even though Arnautovic scored. Granted, it was from one inch away. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it just felt like Genoa were all over them. They probably should have won this game. And every time they swung the ball into the box, Dragasin was winning a header. Every single time. The guy was all over the place. And of course, you know, in the 52nd minute, with seven minutes of added time after, you know, there was seven minutes of added time conveniently added because of flares in the crowds <laughs> smoking the field. Uh, convenient. Um, <laughs> um, and then, yeah, wow. I mean, wow. it was a great header. Summer, in my opinion, should have saved that. 100%. But yeah. you head it down. You make the keeper have to answer the question. He didn't. Goal, 1-1, game on. 
I feel like this was definitely the the game that one of those games that exemplified the uh, your favorite anthem, your favorite Inter song of all time, right? Yeah. What what is that? What is that? Mata what is that again? Mala. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate you saying that. Uh, great song, by the way. If you're a Juve fan or any any other fan, really, just a beautiful song. Uh, with that said, this definitely, yeah, summed up that feeling, right? We got the crazy Inter in this game. Um, we got a bit of an odd reaction. Taram had an off day. And uh, I remember watching the post game afterwards. I think it was actually no during the during the game. I apologize. Matteo Bonetti mentioned that he saw something concerning akin to what he witnessed last season with Inter. And that was a lot of the Inter players were getting frustrated, dropping their shoulders, you know, their heads and just sort of seeming very frustrated, right? Is there something to be concerned about or is Matteo Bonetti not sort of doing anything other than just being a commentator? Yeah, I mean, I'm not really concerned about the mental health of the team. For me, when I looked at that team and the criticism, it was more of why was the first change in the 71st minute? You're 1-1. You're getting dominated. Changes Mm -hmm. needed to be made. Why why wasn't Fratesi brought in sooner why wasn't if Dumfries was ready yeah he clearly was healthy enough to play 12 minutes why Mm -hmm. wasn't he in for 30 minutes like yeah because Darmian isn't your right wing back he is great for like emergencies but he's Mm -hmm. your right center back with Pavard he's rotating so it's great that Basic has been good but Dumfries is better and I'm not even a Dumfries guy bring him in And it's clear that you were missing DeMarco because it just felt like Augusto didn't create anything. Um, Yeah. No, he didn't. And maybe that's harsh, but still, like, bring in Fratesi. Bring in, I mean, Alexis came on, like, that's just not not a good player. No. But that's the reality of Inter right now. When Mm -hmm. Lazaro is hurt, you have to bring in Alexis instead of Arnautovic being this up. Yeah. but yeah, it just felt like a lot of injuries are adding up in when Inter always have their worst period. Yeah. It really will be like, okay, let's see how they respond next match. Mm-hmm. Um, like, Bonatti can say, oh, it's like an emotional thing, but they're coming off a 2 nothing win against Lecce that we did not mm-hmm. see those things. Um, no. And we didn't see those things against Lazio. Of course the cup but still um it'll be interesting to see how they respond yeah i, I mean i agree I, I think it's a bit of a it, it would be in my view it would be a bit of a overreaction to say that uh oh this is it like it, this is concerning dropping their heads uh you know I, I think panic button not the time for that uh i think if if you respond poorly against uh verona then it's maybe a, a time to start you know, thinking a little bit. What was that? I agree. Yeah. Uh, now, I, I do want to talk about this general team because, you know, we, we talk a lot about Inter and it's so easy to get wrapped up in what's wrong with Inter, right? Why did they play this poorly? Where was Turam? Where was, you know, uh, the performance from Barella, the the Chalonolu uh, that, that we've seen all season, right? But Genoa played very well. And like you mentioned, and, and we both mentioned earlier on, uh, goalkeeper Martinez had a great game. Dragushin had a great game as well. This team played very well with a very limited resources. Again, it has. And it is 
surging through the table uh, at, at this point after a rather rough start to the season, right? So we got to give him credit. Uh, Gudmundsson had a great game as well, and he seems to be more and more the player they're expecting him to be. Seven goals, two assists at this point. That's not bad. Not bad at all. It's oh, very good. So when you consider that, uh, what do you think has been going right? And do you think they can keep this momentum up? I mean, they haven't lost in three, which is good. And two of those games coming against Juve and Inter, that they've gotten that 1-1 draw. And it just seems like they're doing the right thing and creating a home fortress. Like they've tied Inter, they've tied Juve, they've tied Napoli, they've beat Lazio. They've played some big teams and gotten results without Mm -hmm. losing. And that's huge. And that's exactly what you want to do when you're trying to stay up after recently getting promoted. Like you just want to keep going, climb. Um, And yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they string results against the lesser teams. Granted, they have Bologna next, so that's not exactly an ideal matchup. No, no, but, but still it's like, it's exactly what you want, especially after they had lost two of their last three league games and got knocked out of the Copa Italia. So now they're starting to train. They may have turned a corner. Yeah. Heading absolutely. in the right direction. Well, and you're right to point out the home record. I mean, they're, they're clearly playing a lot better home. Their overall record is five wins, five draws and eight losses. Those eight losses, like you were talking about a second ago with Bologna, right? Uh, not, not Bologna. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Udinese. Uh, those losses add up, right? So when you see, as you were mentioning, Udinese has been able to just, keep the the losses to a minimum right uh eight draws does help right so uh eight losses in this case hurts that's a lot of points lost there uh ultimately if they keep this momentum up they'll be able to stay up it would be a shame to see them go down again i mean we we sort of had this unfortunate scenario where we had both genoa and sampdoria uh leave Serie A. And Sampdoria is still in Serie B at this point, but doesn't look like they'll be able to make it quite, uh, at least at this point. I mean, it's early, but it doesn't look like they've got the steam to make it uh, to Serie again, but at least this coming season. It would be a shame to see these teams or this team uh, go back down to Serie B again because it's so, we've got so much history, right? There's so much uh, to this team. And uh, I don't think anybody wants to see that happen. Uh, that said, We'll see what happens, obviously. Uh, I'm pulling for them. They gr- had a great game. It was very entertaining to watch as a neutral. Very entertaining to watch. Uh, this team really was pressing Inter. Uh, Arnautovic really was gone most of the game. Right, He scored at the end uh, or near the end there. I mean, that was great. Or not near the end. What am I saying? In like the, um, it was yeah, pretty yeah. early. I'm confusing. 42nd minute, so not really early. But different yeah. game. My yeah. brain's going <laughs> on. Different game. Sorry. Anyways. Another scored. That was great. He had a great relief. He was so, so excited, so happy. I'm surprised he didn't start crying uh, on, on the sidelines there. Uh, all I could think about was what you were thinking about at that point, which was, okay, can we can we do that again, please? Mm-hmm. That's all I could think about at that point. Um, it just was, I mean, it was a fine goal. He did a good job. He put yeah. it in. That's fine. That's all that matters. But Right place, right time. I don't think Arnautovic is the guy that's going to generate no. more goals for you guys at this point. Uh, with that, let's move to the uh, Milan-Sassuolo matchup. And, uh, well, you know, we'll start off right away with Captain America, Christian Pulisic. 
game winner, 59th minute. And what a goal, by the way. What a goal. What a play. What a move. Tight passing lanes. And it worked. What a shot. Yeah. I mean, in those moments, one-on-one with keeper, you just got to finish the chances. And keeper gets a hand on it, but hey, doesn't matter. Went in the back of the net. It's exactly what you want. Yeah. As an American, that's exactly what you want to see. You want to see him getting on the stat sheet. You want to see him finishing these chances. And he's been great for Milan. And it's a great result. You know, three points are three points. And they keep pace at least somewhat. They're staying just outside the conversation of the dial race. I mean, they're still nine points back. But still, you know, if Inter keeps having those random lapses or Juve start slipping, Milan yeah. may be there to answer the call. Oh, 100%. I mean, this team is doing very well. Given the fact that Leao is not exactly having a great season, right? You've got Pulisic was brought in and is performing, I think, up to expectation, for especially for, for a winger, right? That That's his role. Um, six goals, four assists. That is a good season right there. That's sort of what you expect from Leao, uh, to be perfectly frank at this point uh, in time, right? Leao is at three goals and four assists. Not horrible, but not what you expect from him. He's he's the reigning MVP, right, of Serie A. Um, should not be performing this poorly. Uh, Giroud, eight goals and what, five assists, I think it is. This guy's clearly turning the clock back. Uh, I'd like to know what his secrets are on that front, but... <laughs> That's another episode. Ben Acer had a good game. Uh, another odd, you know, we talked about this week to week, but it just the Teo Hernandez uh, thing being in a center back. I, it's just what a what a poor, poor utilization for this guy. I mean, he is not a center back. He's fine, but that's not his role. And they are, they are losing so much by having him there. Yeah, I agree. It just at some point, like the injuries are just adding up so much that it's just, there's nothing they can do. Like every injury they have is basically a center back, which is just like, so what are you going to do? So like, I get it. Like, but I just don't know what the alternative is. Like, sure. You could have Florenzi there or Calabria there, but either way, Mm -hmm. those four defenders, the outside backs aren't, going to push forward they're going to bunker in because they know yeah. they cannot leave the others alone oh absolutely 100%. um and briefly like because we were talking about Pulisic if he goes 10 and 10 that's an unbelievable season like oh, that's yeah. exactly like if you were told me preseason he gets 10 goals 10 assists mm-hmm. sign me up right away Oh yeah, I mean that 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 seems like it's entirely doable. I mean, we've got yeah, he's we've got plenty of games amazing. left at this point. Yeah, so if he keeps this me- this momentum up, why not? Right? There's no real reason, especially if they can finally get some relief. Uh, I think maybe Milan. We sort of should talk about this. Maybe Milan should look into at the tra- a transfer market. Right? Try to pick up a center back somewhere. Try to find a defender somewhere. I mean, there there are plenty of defenders. Right? You got to spend the money. This is a time. Right? This is a moment when you go out there into the market and find somebody to plug that gap because every day, every game that you don't have Teo Hernandez playing in his natural position as that explosive left back, and he is amazing at that. We've seen his ability to to create chances out of nothing, especially with that leg of his. Yeah. 
you're missing out, right? So are do you think they're likely to pick somebody up? Well, they have the guy coming back from Villarreal on loan. Right. So that's well, a center gob, yeah, right. Um, right. Look, it's not good, but still, like, Simic can't be relied upon as an 18-year-old no. center back. So it's no. so hard to be like, ask him to do that much. It's too much. But you just kind of have to hope that, yeah, Tamori, Tiao, and uh, another get healthy. Like, uh, what's it? Kalulu. Like, Kalulu, late yeah. January is Kalulu. Mm-hmm. Kalulu. Mm-hmm. Mid-January is Tiao. Mid-February is Tamori. So it's like, you just kind of have to weather the storm for another month or so, and then you'll get these guys back and just kind of pray you don't get new injuries. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they, they definitely have been running into the injury train uh, here because we got Tommaso Pobega. Uh, Musa is also out, I think. Uh, That's just a vi- virus. Sorry, He's just sick. Never mind. But uh, still. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. So you got Pobega. He's coming back the mid-January. You said Kalulu already. Okafor is also out. That does impact and limit things. You know, I think this team at this point has been sort of sending mixed signals, right? Because they are pretty far back from Inter at this point. There's almost a 10 point, nine point gap at this point is what they have, right? Where, what are we seeing here? Are, are, are we expecting Inter to fall further, closer to fourth and fifth place? Or do you see a surge coming and they make their way back to contention? You mean Milan? Uh, Milan, sorry. Um, I would suspect that they're just kind of going to float in this three spot. Mm-hmm. Like, cause they're, for me, they're better than the rest, but I just don't think they are going to put in consistent enough performances to keep right. up with Inter and Juventus. Like, I think the Good general point. results for both Inter and Juve are mm-hmm. outliers. Yeah. And as long as like no new injuries come up, like if more injuries come up, then sure. We can talk about a different scenario. Um, but yeah, I just kind of see them floating in this three spot. I don't see him being able to catch Inter or Juve at this point. Um, well, we still got 20 games to play, so there is plenty of time, but nine point gap. I don't, I mean, I'm biased of course, but I don't think Inter are going to be able to let, like let them out gain them by nine points in 20 games. Yeah, that would be quite quite the uh, quite the feat there. Which again, we've seen it before. It's not like it's mm. totally out of the uh, uh, cards, so to speak. But this Milan team would have to be consistent, and that's something that's been very difficult for them to to, to do. Uh, now, speaking of consistency, and I mean, I, I just feel like Sassuolo right now are in a free fall. We've talked about this before. They were playing very well, and then something happened. Not quite sure what, but they just have have been on a free fall for a while Out, outside of their win against Empoli four to three win my, by the way uh, against Empoli they have lost three out of the last five drawn Udinese 2-2 which is another interesting uh, you know note after we talked about Bologna Udinese what are we making of this team's current form I mean this is really bad I feel like when we looked at Sassuolo before the year we expected Pinamonti to score a lot of goals. We expected yes, Loriente to really make another jump that he already had last year. And Berardi to be Berardi. Berardi has been Berardi. So, like, 12 GA in 14 mm-hmm. games. That's good. It Not going to knock him for that. Absolutely. 
Pinamonti, six goals in 18. You expect better out of your striker if you're a good club. Lorente has been a very big disappointment with one goal, three assists. Yeah. And he was averaging basically one per two matches last year. And you kind of expected him to get closer to that maybe 0.66, whatever. Right. You mm-hmm. expected him to upgrade instead of downgrade drastically. Yeah. And it just feels like he's not getting consistent performances. He's not consistently impacting the game and it's mm-hmm. showing because they haven't won in five games. Exactly. And at some point, like we talked about with Udinese, like you got to start getting some points, like 10 losses already. You are thick in the rele- relegation battle. Yeah. And they have they way are. too much talent to be in that conversation. Oh, absolutely. I mean, their record right now is four, four and 10. Uh, I did not expect that. I mean, if I'm being perfectly frank with you, I, yeah. that, that is not a record I expected to see at this point in the season. And you're right, Loriente, I mean, he had a great season last year. Seven goals, six assists. That That is a really good season. Uh, when you consider the fact that this team is sort of backsliding like this, and that, that's 10 losses. That is crazy. Because you look at Udinese, Udinese does not have 10 losses. They have five losses. Mm-hmm. That is not good because that means Sassuolo is either winning games or losing games. That's it. Draws aren't really as much of a factor. Yeah, they're losing a lot more than they're winning. Uh, Yeah, well, that's definitely true. That's why they are where they are. Now, are they at risk of relegation here? Is that a realistic fear? Is that a problem? I mean, if everything keeps going this way, yeah. I would still say, like, I'd back them to figure something out and get up to that 13, 12 spot, but they're free falling. Yeah. They could keep going. Like there's nothing like they got to stop the bleeding themselves. They got to yeah, find a way mm-hmm. or already. Hey, maybe you have a team talk with just a players meeting and just figure it out. Like what is wrong? Why isn't, why aren't these players upgrading when they have every year throughout the Sassuolo system? Why is this right. year different? No, that's a great point. I mean, I, you know, to, to mind when I'm thinking about the structure of this team at this point, there are two questions that come to mind immediately. And one, given how this team is performing, I mean, Berardi's been very loyal to this team. Berardi's been incredibly loyal. But how much more can he hold out at this point, right? Clearly, this team, even if let let's say they salvage this season, I don't think any. I'm not expecting them to you know go up. To, to sixth or fifth or fourth at this point. There's no way, right? They're going to have, at best, in my view, 10th, 11th, something like that, right? If they really rally at this point. But what are we making of Verratti? Is he gone after the season? Because, I mean, the the, the uh, executives essentially have said that they're not gonna going to be entertaining any offers for him in the winter. I don't think Verratti leaves. Really? Wow. I think Berardi will stay with Sassuolo for his entire career. I think that's a big thing for him. Like that's, I know you like you of course want him to go there. Oh, yeah. Like that's, that's mm-hmm. like that's, I get it. But I just think he's gonna be a Sassuolo guy forever. Through that's through. just wow. kind of like because the only other place he's going is Juventus. But I just yeah. see him saying no. I want to keep 
being the guy at this team be a big fish in a small pond rather than a small fish in an ocean. That's fair. Absolutely. That's a great point. Um, and that's very likely, by the way. I, I truly do not expect him to come to Juve this winter. We have heard it every offseason for, I feel like, infinity at this point. He's not coming to Juve. There's no way. There's zero chance. Primarily because I think at this point he's almost 30, right? You're, you're talking about that. Right. So you're, 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 the value that Sassuolo are likely going to be seeking and the value that, you know, what Juve is going to be determining to be, you know, value for him. Mm-hmm. I highly doubt they're going to be able to bridge that gap. Juve is not going to offer what Sassuolo want because, uh, and I think for obvious reasons, I, I agree with them. I wouldn't do that either, right? You wouldn't, you, I don't think you spend 40 million on a 30 year old winger. That that's not a good asset use. I agree. Uh, with that said, though, another person that that sort of comes to mind with the situation is the uh, Onisi, the manager. Are we expecting him to remain on the job? Do you think the Sassuolo uh, board have enough patience, or do you think he's out if this happens? Uh, if this rather ends like this, I mean, if they end in. 16th or 17th yeah i mean i think he's out because this team is underperforming drastically and i i do think he's a good coach but at the end of the day results are results you have to perform and if you're sasuolo with the amount of money that's in the roster like with how good it is you can't be in a relegation fight like you are not the same as the other teams that are there Mm -hmm. you have way more talent so it's like they could be a Bologna-esque team. Yeah. They have the talent to be that. We could be talking about Loriente like we are Joshua Xerxes. But exactly. he's not performing, no. so we're not. And same with Pinamonti and all those. Like They could be that good team. Like They won't be this year. But in the next year, if they stay up, I wouldn't be surprised if they were able to get to that Europa Conference League level. Like That's where their goal should be and Absolutely. where they could be if they perform to expectations. So if they don't get anywhere near the top, like 12 or 13, I would expect him to be out of here. And if they keep losing, like, I mean, let's look at their next few fi- fixtures. Like mm-hmm. if they're out of Copa Italia and then they drop to Fiorentina, Juventus and Monza, Bologna, those next four, I mean, yeah. Yeah, then even Torino and Atalanta, they don't have an easy game in their next six. So at some point, if they don't get a result in January, I would say he's out. That's four games. Yeah. I mean, that's a fair point. They're playing Atlanta tomorrow, right? So uh, that's a huge... If they can't... If they can't do anything, if the only seed can't change anything about this team, you know, I, I can see a scenario where they end up 16th let's say right and the board sort of acknowledges look because they have they've they're to blame for this as well we talked about this before the season started and early on the season they have not spent money the way you expect somebody who sold as many players and for as much as they've sold them to spend money right they could have easily made more purchases and better purchases and they have not done that that just has not been what we've seen out of this team right so the the board isn't exactly blameless here, but I do see a scenario where they end up fifteenth or so, and 
you know, if they can make it deep into Coppa Italia, maybe that's sort of uh, Dionysi's like saving grace. Maybe. Uh, but I, I don't see how that happens. I don't know how they make it deep into Coppa Italia, the way that they're playing. Atalanta is still better than them and they're still playing better, even in their poor run of form uh, lately. So with that said, Milan does a job, gets a three points. They make sure they don't keep bleeding uh, points. Uh, they don't uh, let the gap grow. So that is good. In fact, they pick up points because Inter drop points. So there you go. With that said, the biggest winner from this past week's action, right? Juve. They narrowed that gap with Inter, which was so crucial for this team. And for the first time this season, uh, by the way, I, I love the Allegri's, you know, constant, oh, oh, we're not fighting for the Scudetto. No way. No, we, Scudetto, Inter is a Scudetto winner. Come on. Don't talk to me about Scudetto. Meanwhile, every player constantly is like, yeah, we're fighting for Scudetto. Of course we are. You just got, I love that. Personally, amazing. I love my manager to just have zero expectations, knock everything down on the basement floor so nobody ever thinks. If you get to the first floor, you're all good. Um, jokes aside, though, there was some real optimism generated here on multiple fronts. A, the performance was a convincing performance, in my view. This was a team that came out and did punch Roma in the mouth, and they managed to pull out a good victory. Two, Kenan yielded. What a performance from the 18-year-old. Like, really, really good performance. He was playing, I mean, I'm not, he didn't score, but he played very well, given this is his only, only a second start. So give me some of your thoughts here. I mean, I yeah. thought it was a great game. I know you're an Inter fan, but come on, try, you know, try to, you know, give no, us No, it was uh, a good performance by Juventus. It's, my prediction was one nothing. It ended one nothing. It's just exactly what you expect. They... They make you just, they just suffocate their opponents. And <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. And they just made it so Roma created absolutely nothing. Yeah. Like there was nothing in that game for Roma. No, and that's nothing. great. Like that's, that's exactly what Juve do. Like they make you really, really earn every goal you can get. Mm-hmm. And Roma weren't good enough. And. No. Three points are three points. They got it done. The defense locked it down. And yeah, I mean, Rabio had a very nice finish. I think he did. Keeper probably could have nice. done better. You don't get beat on your near side there. Um, probably. Like he just passed that into the near post. But <laughs> yeah. But hey, like right. at the end, like you score goals. That's exactly what you want to do. Like that's a cool finish from Rabio. Props to him. And. Yeah, I mean, Roma have to be better, but credit to Juventus. They do exactly what they do with Allegri ball. And yeah, two points close. Yeah, only two-point gap now. So, I mean, you, you wonder, and by the way, great job predicting this. I mean, I predicted your your you know Inter's game accurately and you predicted Juve's game accurately. Well played. <laughs> uh, but uh, they haven't lost at this point. 13 matches without a loss. And unbeaten in 12 home games. Okay, so Salernitana is coming in. I'm not too concerned about this. It should be a a good sort of... This could be even a moment where I can say like a, a decisive victory, but we'll talk more about that a little later. I do like the fact that Lavic had a, had a good game. He provided the assist for Rabiot. That was a great assist. Loved that assist. The thing that I loved the most, though, 
was how he turned Llorente there in uh, the, the Roma backline. He, he showed some of the moxie that I've been waiting for, some of the gumption, right? Some of the, some of the physicality you hope for in a player like Vlaovic. Uh, things I've been complaining about all season, right? Chief amongst them was, where is your physicality? Hold the play, hold the ball, and provide the rest of your team opportunities. And he did that in this game very well. And this is a Roma team, by the way, that does not shy away from contact, as we know. <laughs> no. Um, they did not, by the way, have the four record four yellows that I was expecting. There was no crazy yellow games. Uh, it luckily did not turn into that kind of a crazy game. Lukaku was neutralized. Um, but I just got a yellow. Shocking. I know. That's like yellow number 15 for him. Uh, I think it's like realistically number nine or something like that. But for the season, which is crazy to think. I mean, we're only... 18 weeks into the season, he's already got nine yellow cards. Gotta love it. Uh, Locatelli got a yellow as well for uh, a, a fair yellow, I gotta say. But I, I think this Roma team just lacked any ability to create, which I'll be honest with you. I mean, yeah, I'm a Juve fan, but I expected a more entertaining game from them, especially with Dybala coming back. Lukaku playing as well as he had been playing, but Lukaku was in... There was no factor. There was nothing there. Dybala was trying, but he was the only one trying. Yeah. I mean, Lukaku with a very disappointing performance. He had the least touches out of anyone, which isn't surprising from a striker. Like, that's generally what always happens. But still, no excuses. Like, he only had two touches in the box. And when that's the stat, that's, yeah, you're going to have a terrible day. Because you're not getting into areas that you're going to be able to win your team the game. You're supposed to be there, score the goals, but he just didn't get the service. And that's credit to Juventus defense. But he also just didn't create the opportunities himself. And yeah, I mean, both teams play such, they want to suck you in and then counter you. And Juve didn't let Roma do that. And that's where Lukaku's game was going to be very good when he's on the break running at a defender one-on-one. Him versus Gatti one-on-one, yeah, he'll win that battle. But they Mm -hmm. never let that scenario happen. So it was exactly what you want from Juventus. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is is a game. This is likely the game that Allegri wanted, right? This is exactly what he was picturing uh, when he put this team out there. And I think the consistency has helped. A three-five-two predictable formation. I think the 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 clear goals and clear uh, directions probably have helped. You know, I think there are some problems to look at. I think Kostic has been a little bit on the underperforming side for a while now. Something to keep an eye on. I think he may be getting overplayed a lot. I think he needs a break. I think this guy last season. I think he was the most. He he was. I think one. He had either the most minutes or right near the top. He was playing, I felt like every every game, it, it seemed like at certain points, because there's nobody else to fill in his role, right? I mean, we've got way on the right side. Who is going to fill in Kostic right now? Um, nobody. But with that said, Dybala, not really much of an impact. To be fair to him, what can you do by yourself, right? He's not a team of one. Uh, but he definitely was by by and large the the only one. Llorente had a poor game. Uh, Mancini was just fine, eh? There, there, I suppose. But Indica, what a what a save! 
that was an imp- I mean, and this is after watching uh, Nicolas Sula uh, take away Mbappe's goal in the Champions League right group group stage there, mm-hmm. which was insane. But he somehow managed to keep that ball out, and I mean that was spectacular. That was as good as a goal. Yeah, I mean, exactly. That's I mean that's that is a goal for a center back basically. Like that that's what yeah. you live for. Like when yep. you have a big game, like that's the moment you want to live, dream about that. <laughs> Unless you're Sergio Ramos, but like who, who just scores headers? That's red cards all the time. Yeah. But but still, like yeah, and he's turning turning out to be a great signing. Like yeah. he looks like a very good player. Like he had a really good game. Just happened that no one else really did. Yeah, it's un- it's unfortunate. I mean, this Roma team, uh, you know, the- their form of late has been pretty good. Actually, they've only dropped. They've only lost once. They've dropped, you know, points against uh, Fiorentina in their draw there, but they won three of their last five, so not bad, right? But they hadn't they hadn't, they hadn't dropped any points before that. Um, consistency, which is consistency. I'm sorry, which is good. Do we see them running into issues like this going forward, or do we just sort of see them, you know, playing well in one game or two games? And then sort of faltering here and there. Is that sort of what we're expecting from them? Because they're currently seventh at this point. Yeah, I mean, we'll see them fighting for that fourth spot. It just, they, they're such an uninspiring team. They're just yeah, like they're. a Juve light. Because Juve actually do exactly what Roma want to do. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You Roma just doesn't have that consistency, nor the no. talent. Like, when you looked at the lineups, like... yeah. Yeah. These guys aren't the same. Like I get yeah. it, Lukaku, Dybala, yes. But mm-hmm. the rest, no. Like it's not even close. And they need Lukaku and Dybala to basically just carry them into a top four spot if they're going to get there. But that's also wide open. Like Fiorentina are there. Bologna could be there. Atalanta mm-hmm. aren't really that consistent. Napoli are no. in free fall. Lazio mm-hmm. are behind them. So it's just like there's so many teams that could certainly get into that fourth spot. No one's really making a case for themselves. Right now, like I wouldn't know who to pick. I would probably say Roma or Bologna would be the one of the two that would get there. Oh, that's a fair point. I mean, uh, you know, as it stands at this point, I, I, I think you're right. I think. Roma's fighting for that fourth uh, fourth place spot. You know, I think losing against Juve, there are worse things to do, right? I mean, this is mm-hmm. uh, the second place team. I, I, you know, have sort of done a 360, or, eh, 180, sorry, one on a negative, because the thing is, I will do a 360, I promise you. There will be a point <laughs> at which I'll come right back to the criticism. There will be no doubt about that, because we know it's a negative. But right now, I have to give it to him in a sense that he's really pushed this team in the right direction. So I, I can't complain about that. Uh, Roma's schedule ahead of uh, ahead of the, the this coming uh, game against Cremonese and Coppa Italia, they should win this game. Their record at home is six two and one. That is clearly the place where they played the best, right? And I think we have always known that. Stadio Nipico is is rip, ripping and roaring uh, when Roma's playing at home. So they realistically they should win that game, uh, advance. Uh, and then the following week, they face uh, Atalanta, followed by Milan away, which that can be a tough game. And then uh, Verona at home, followed by Salernitana away, and then Cagliari and Inter at home. 
So you've got a lot of home games there. You've got essentially five opportunities to pull out, at the very minimum, four victories, let's say, and one one tie or loss. That's that's ambitious, I know. But it's possible. It's possible, yeah. In some composure. Um, But yeah, they just got to get to the Verona fixture. Like we've been saying this for the last couple weeks. We looked at their schedule for six, seven games, and we're like, yeah, this is the gauntlet. You're going through every team that is good in this league, and you just got to get some results. Um, And so, yeah, it's going to be a tough, tough sledding, but they got the win against Napoli, and that's, that's good. And, They've, I mean, they lost to Bologna, they lost to Juventus, and so now it's like, okay, now Atalanta, that's a winnable game. At home, that yeah. you win that game. Milan, that's a tougher game in at the San Siro. So, again, maybe you get a point. Just don't lose. But then after that, they should win, win all those games. Yeah, it'll Except be an interesting game, game, of course. Yeah, no, <laughs> of course, of that's course. That's far right, down absolutely. the road, though. That's in February. Um, I mean, you know, the, we'll see how Inter is playing, right? I mean, that, that's the thing. Uh, if Inter play like they did against Genoa, well, then maybe Roma have a chance. But uh, we'll see. Plenty of time between now and then. Uh, either way, that brings us to the end of our recap episode. Now, uh, we do have a bit of a new structure here. So from now on, we'll be releasing our recap episode on Tuesdays. So every Tuesday, you will see uh, the recap episode in your inbox, followed by the preview episode on Thursdays. Right, Robbie? Exactly. Awesome. So, uh, And then special episodes like the Touchline Tension episodes, which there will be a new one this week, uh, will be released every Friday. So uh, just to recap, Tuesday's recap episode. Uh-huh. There's that. And then on Thursdays, we will be having our uh, preview episode followed by special episodes on Fridays. So join us and uh, we'll, we will be here. We got nowhere else to be. We, we're here. We'll be reporting all the stuff that happens. The transfer market season, I think, is just getting going. We've had a couple moves already happen for Atalanta and Napoli. We'll talk more about those once things really get heated up. Thank you for joining us, Robbie. Thank you for joining me this week. Thanks for having me. Uh, Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, Whoever you support, we are here to keep you up to date with the latest exciting action from Serie A. You can follow us on Instagram, Threads, X, and YouTube at United by Calcio. Fino alla prossima volta. Goodbye and take care. Ciao. Ciao.